0: Your website stinks and what to do about it. Find out on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Social Pilot, the social media and marketing tool for bloggers and small businesses. Join over twenty thousand social media pros at ServeNomaster.com backslash Social pilot today.
1: Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host.
0: Today's a very special episode because it's near and dear to my heart, and I'm excited to spend some time with you guys. Again, I'm in the garden, as always. There's a day-long brownout on my island where they do some electrical repairs, which means There's going to be a lot of surprises in the background. You think that means it's going to be quieter, and I hope that way. I'm up early in the morning to do this recording, but you know my kids, the dogs, the neighbors, there's always a little bit of background noise, so you get a feel for that island life. And we're going to really dig into the importance of a website. Now, here's something I want you to think about. I have no power right now. My laptop only has 20% battery remaining, so I can't really spend time on the computer. And yet my website continues to work for me. If you visit my website right now, You can visit my website, you can give me your email address, you can get emails from my system, you can make purchases. The website is an employee that works for you 24-7. No matter what industry you're in, how you're operating, it becomes the centerpiece of your business. Now, you may have started out on other channels and built a big YouTube channel or a big social media channel, and those are fine, but you don't own those. If YouTube goes out of business, your channel disappears. If Facebook gets broken up for being a monopoly, you might lose your business. Things can get broken in that system, and it's not your fault. What that means is that things outside your control can push you out of business, but your website stays with you no matter what. Your website for your band can stay with you as you transition from MySpace to Facebook to TikTok and each new social media platform that comes out. And so we want to look at our websites in a holistic way. And I'm going to give you some tools and techniques to fix what's wrong. Now, first of all, we need to have a really simple measure of success. And the best way to measure success is how many people are joining your mailing list every day. The end result of your website, if you're building a funnel similar to how I teach, is that you're trying to build a mailing list. And the number we want to hit is 10%. So for every 10 people who visit your website, one should give you their email address. If your number's below that, and I've been there. Two years ago, I, I paid an analyst to go through and analyze all my numbers and go through everything and really help me figure out what's working, what's not on my website. And I was at about 2%. We worked together and I got to 12%. And I've stayed above that uh, throughout working on my website. Now, for the past year, we've done a lot of major changes. Eventually, my numbers collapsed as far as opt-in rates because of an update that got pushed by the backbone of my website, and that's what I want to talk about: fixing that problem. Because my business is so big, because my website has so many pages, it's taken more than six months. So I want to open up by telling you guys I learned this the hard way. I made some mistakes along the way. One of the biggest mistakes that I made in order to save a little bit of money and make things easier for you guys is that I built my first membership site at slash members What that means is that the main website and the membership website were tied to each other, they were tied to the same domain. Even though there were separate WordPress installations, separate websites, because it was a subdomain, when I realized I needed to move my website to a new host, I had to break them up first. And that's why I built Ronin School. So my membership area is at roninschool.com, and you only get access to that when you make a purchase. That's only for delivery of paid content. That's a separate site with a separate design that still matches my aesthetic. I spent a long time making something cool with lots of ninjas that represent my feelings about online marketing. And that's because I had to move to new hosting. So I made my membership area, finally moved to my new host. And I went through this massive process. And even then, uh, my page designer is just constantly taking too long. And so that's why everything's taking too long because we had hundreds of pages to change over. And basically it boiled down to Thrive Themes has a lot of problems in it. We've been dumping Thrive Themes. It's taken six months to rip Thrive Themes out of my website. We're still not all the way done. Hopefully by the time you hear this episode, we will be. And switching to Elementor. And even then, we're really doing as much as we can to lighten how many of these pages will have to change if we ever do this transition again. We're trying to make this into a smoother process because it really should have taken a month, but it's taken almost seven months. And that's a painful experience. But once all this is done, my opt-in rate will again go above 10%, hopefully to 12 or 15%. And that makes a really big difference. See, the earlier in your relationship with your customers you make an improvement, the more effective it will be. Let me give you an example. So you can really understand why this is important and how we're looking at the beginning of the funnel. Let's say you have a sales page and your sales page is converting at 1%. You can improve it, tweak it, you make it better and you get it all the way up to 2%. You've doubled now from every one person out of 100 buying it, you get to two. You've doubled how much money you're making. That's really awesome. But how many people see that sales page? It's controlled by how many people enter your funnel earlier. So if you have a really bad conversion rate at the beginning or a low conversion rate at the beginning, you don't even have a chance to send people to your sales page. And if you have 10 products in order to improve your sales across your funnel, you have to improve all 10 sales pages. But if you just double how many people see all of your sales pages, you double how much money you make. And that means earlier in the process. So we really want to get as many opt-ins in and people on your email address list as early as possible in order to make it successful. And so there's a couple of things we want to look at to. Improve people's experience on your website, and I don't want to get too technical What I want to do is really do big picture overview stuff things that are really obvious Okay, so number one the first thing to look at is is it easy for people to join your mailing list? And that's a really important question because it's not right now It's hard to join my mailing list because the two pieces of software I use are clashing with each other So until I rip out thrive themes my pop-ups and most of my opt-ins aren't showing for everyone that's a technical problem that I've been working on for a long time and it's why I've switched to Elementor. It's why I no longer have Thrive Themes listed on my tools page. And if you look, I'm not the only person who's stopped recommending them over the past couple of years. They got too many plugins, too big, too many updates, too bloated. My websites crash all the time because of their technology. So because of this technical problem, I'm working through this process and realize it's a great time to share it with you. Making it easy means it's easy for people to find and see what your free gift is. I've seen people who bury it at the bottom of their homepage, Who bury it at the bottom of a sidebar? Who you have to go through three clicks to see the opt-in form? One of the things that I tested when I was my plugin opt-in was working last year. That I finally built a version that was really working, and it was about course creation because that was a winner. And it said, "Click this button," and you'd go to another page and you could enter your email address. Then more information. I then tested that against just entering your email address on the opt-in form. And guess what? The conversions went up. So testing is part of this process, but it begins with. Making it as easy as possible. How many clicks does someone have to do in order to join your mailing list? The second thing to look at is your free gift enticing. Now, that's hard and there's no perfect answer and there's a lot of different things you can try. I've been talking a lot about quiz funnels lately because I've been going through the Ask Masterclass from Ryan Levesque, which I was have been promoting for a while and I bring it up every year when they open the doors because that's a program that I've used and it really lets you customize and better connect with your audience. And it's a way to ask questions before you have a gift to figure out what people want. And I'm constantly trying different forms of speaking to my audience. So I'm giving away different free gifts all the time. You know that I have gifts about podcasting and product creation and all these other areas, how to make your first thousand dollars online. So I'm always looking for a way to improve my numbers. And it starts with, are you giving away something of value? And if you're just giving away a subscription to your mailing list, or saying, hey, we'll email you once a week with some cool stuff. Not enticing. It's not a value. You're not saying your email address is valuable. You're not going to get that conversion rate. So those are the first two high level things to look at is, is it easy to do and are you giving something a value? The next thing you want to look at is overall, is there a problem with your website? And that's what we want to dig into. So one of the most important things that's becoming a bigger and bigger issue is, is your website HTTPS? If it doesn't have the S showing, if it doesn't show that little lock in the corner, then you're always going to get less traffic. People are going to be more trepidatious. A lot of browsers give alerts and say, hey, this website's not secure. And it's easy to do. There's now a whole setup. It used to cost hundreds of dollars to set up HTTPS. And you still can. If you want to get an expensive certificate, you can pay a couple hundred up to a couple thousand dollars a year for a really expensive HTTPS certificate, or you can get a free one from Let's Encrypt, which is what I use. Let's Encrypt is something set up basically by Google and a bunch of other companies to make HTTPS available to the masses because a more secure internet is good for everyone. And that's what I recommend you should talk to whoever your host is. If you use Kinsta or Bluehost like I recommend, which are the high end and the low end, the beginner level Bluehost, all my Bluehost sites are HTTPS as well. And there's a cool plugin that makes it easy. It's called Really Simple SSL. I have a link to it on my toolbox page. I'll put a link to it in the description for the show notes for this episode. What that plugin does is it makes sure that if someone goes to an HTTP version of a page, it pushes them to the HTTPS. That means your site is secure. You'll get pushed up higher in the rankings. The next thing you want to look at is how fast is your website. There are loads of different tools. The most popular tool for the past few years is from GT Metrics. And you go to GT Metrics website and you type in your homepage and it will tell you how long it takes to load. Now, This is another area where I've been improving. So before, if you've been with me for a while, I used to recommend a different host before Kinsta. They were too slow, there were problems in my membership area, and they couldn't keep up with changes. They couldn't keep up with how fast we were growing. So we moved to Kinsta and immediately, we saw a 30% increase in how fast our website loaded. What that means is that I started getting more traffic, higher rankings, because think about this. When you visit a website, how long are you willing to look at a blank page? For most people, the answer is two to three seconds. So if you go to GTmetrix and it says, oh, it's taking your website eight seconds to load, you have a problem. And I've had that problem before. Every time I can lower that number, even if it's by a 10th of a second, I'm constantly doing that. And there's loads of technical things you can do down the path of speeding up your website. What we're trying to do here is diagnose the problem first. So if your website's under three seconds, you're probably okay, but it's something you can work on down the line. And also GTmetrix gives you a whole list and goes, oh, this is what's causing the problem and it will tell you the problem, and it's often they're easy to fix. Some of the things are really, really quick fixes. So once you have a website that's loading fast and easy for people to opt in, and they're a really good gift, and it's SSL, so they feel secure, so it's safe, then it comes down to a more important question. We start to get into the real thing, which is the website as a whole, does it look nice? Now, it's very tempting when you're starting out to cut corners with the design of your website. Now, if you're gonna use a free theme, do not download it from any source other than the WordPress directory. If you go to WordPress.org, they have a directory of themes that have all been scanned by them to make sure that they're clean. It's very tempting and I do recommend some things from Theme Forest. I use their Graphic River section to download graphics. I use PhotoDune from them. The problem with themes from Theme Forest is that most of them have security flaws. I have a friend who's always <laughs> posting updates about security flaws and stuff and that website, you pay. You can pay $20, $30, $50 for a theme, and you'll find there's a security flaw in it. And it can be something that's giving up your password, that's stealing data from your visitors, that has hidden links back to the owner's website, so they're getting free backlinks from you, which is damaging your website's reputation. A lot of those things can be happening. Or your website, it can just be too ugly. Now, this is an advanced thing, right? This means you already have your website built, and you're going to the next level. This isn't for phase one, this is phase two, because my first website was ugly. So what we're doing is an 80-20. So the first 80-20 is get up a website. Ugly is better than no website, okay? Once you have your website running, then it's about improving it, which I'm still doing. I've been running Serve to Master for seven years now. I'm still constantly making improvements. We're repairing blog posts that are five and six years old to give a better experience, to make them load faster, to have updated content for 2020 and 21, to add in updated images Because I've been through four themes. So originally, I was running my website on a theme called Press 2. But Press 2 is so paranoid. It's the most paranoid theme you can have. Every single time someone visits my website, before the website loads, it sends a message with my API key that says, hey, does this person still have an active license? They don't check it once a day. They end up checking it multiple times per minute. If I have a traffic spike, they'll send hundreds or even thousands of tests per second. Is it still active? Is it still active? Is it still active? It's literally the most annoying thing you could do in real life. Imagine if you owned a small market and every time someone walked in your front door, the security guard said, hold up, I need to call and see if the rent has been paid for this month. Of course, you'd start losing customers and it slows down your website. So that's why I stopped using Optimized Press. Their paranoia made me jump ship. That's why I switched to Thrive Themes. Then Thrive Themes started having problems slowing things down and causing problems. So I moved away from them. So when it comes to starting out, well, what do I recommend? There's a couple of themes that are good for beginners and I'll post them in the links below. And I want you to know, but my site right now, I've switched and it's all built around a theme called WP Astra by Brainstorm Force. It's a company that I like. I use a lot of their tools right now. Hopefully they'll continue to be good. I'll try and update below this post if they're no longer good. They're a little bit more expensive than the ones I recommend, but they're very fast and clean and it's easy to set up. So there's a lot of things that make it easy to have a good design. They have a whole bunch of pre-designed templates you can choose from. They go, oh, do you want this look or that look or this look or that look? So more powerful themes have a lot more options and they can be a little bit overwhelming. They have a lot of stuff to help you start as a beginner. You go, oh, you know what? I want a site for a dentist or I want a site for the blog. Here's 10 blog choices. And you choose ones that fit you. There's also some good themes called Socrates and Thesis. These are both ones I recommend. I'll put the links below. I'm trying to give you options in about the $50 range. When you upgrade beyond a free theme and go to the paid range, $50 is about what you need to spend in the current market. So it's not crazy. It's not overwhelming. It doesn't need to be the first expense you make, but if you're six months or a year in, it can start to make sense as you have certain amounts of traffic. So when you have a site that has good architecture, the other pieces start to fall in place. There are certain things that if we try and build a website ourselves, we get wrong, like how far apart different lines are and how wide a blog post should be versus a sidebar and all of that stuff. It's complicated and hard. You don't need to know what that, all of that stuff. What we're trying to do is build a website that's simple and easy. Another thing to think about is the images you use on your website. A lot of people out there, including people that I know, love to steal images. But you always get caught and it can be really really damaging, especially if it's someone's professional photographer. You do a Google search, you see an image you like you put on your website. They can say that you owe them thousands of dollars and often they'll win. It's not worth the effort. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to use paid images. I use 123RF and I'll post links to some other cool platforms that have, you know, affordable licenses for images. I know it can be expensive and I certainly couldn't afford a beginning. There's also some cool places like Pixabay that give you a lot of free images to choose from. You just have to make sure on those platforms that it's an image of a copyrighted character, which can be really hard. I wrote an entire blog post about this. I was talking about book covers, but I wrote this post for Kindlepreneur. It was all about how you can use an image from one of those sites and not realize it. Like If it's a picture of Batman, Pixabay will let it put it up because the person who took the photograph doesn't claim a license, that's because they can't, because it's it's a photograph of copyrighted material. So the photograph isn't copyrighted, but the content is. So that's something you want to watch out for. Just make sure it's a picture that's not of something that has its own license, that's recognizable as a thing. And you also want to think about consistency. As I've been building my store over the past few years, I only changed with the third version of my site to the comic book style you see now. So I started using this specific style. It wasn't originally my idea. It was actually an idea of someone who was designing my site for the third time. I was actually going to model, to be very specific with you, I saw a website from Australia for over 40 women's fashion. And I really liked it. It was a clean design. I said, I want to replicate that. That was the website that gave me the idea for building a Facebook group, the tribe which I spent years building. It all came from that moment. That specific site was, gave me two really good ideas because I'd heard an interview with her. I said, oh, that sounds really interesting. I looked at her website, saw it was really cool. And she had a really good explanation and been down that path quite a long time. But then once we... Went through, my designer said, I've got a different idea. Let me show you something. And she showed me the last version of the website, which I had up for about two and a half years. The new version, the 2020 version, is an even a deeper iteration. Now, why? Because some people do push back. Sometimes people see my website design and they go, Jonathan, what are you doing? I don't like it. I don't like that font. And most of the people who tell me that stuff don't have a central website. They just have a product or they have certain things. It's not other bloggers. Now, there's a lot to be said for a clean design and a sleek design and looking futuristic. But when you're on my website, you're never unsure. That's my branding. You know if you see certain colors, if you see a certain 1940s Dick Tracy comic book aesthetic, you know whose website you're on. You might not know exactly what I look like unless you watch a lot of my YouTube videos, but you know what my cartoon version looks like because I put that everywhere. And this began because I found a specific designer on stock the stock photo sites I used, and I realized I was using his images over and over again. And so that became the core of my aesthetic, this particular person's design style, which now I've had other artists replicate as they do drawings of me, as they do drawings of Paris. If you watch some of the uh, dual pair podcast episodes where it's me in Paris on YouTube, you'll see the slide of Paris holding a koala that was drawn by my team at Design Pickle by my artist there. It was built on that aesthetic. So even if it's a picture of Paris, you go, oh, this is the server Master site because that's our aesthetic. We've created a design or a style That's consistent. What you want to watch out for is images that are distracting or that are off-putting. A lot of times we put images we like without really thinking about it. And this means bright colors, clashing colors, uh, distracting. I have certain rules for my team when it comes to images. Number one, we almost never use photographs. We almost always use drawings or vectors. Why? Because my site is all drawings. That's my aesthetic. Number two, I don't use images with words on them. That's a distraction. If I have an image in a blog post that has text on it, Even if it kind of matches what's going on or a little bit goes with the flow of the article, I find it is a distraction. Now, that's just me. You can work in your own flow. What I want you to do is look through your website as a whole and say, is there a consistent feel? Whether it's consistent feel of professionalism, cleanliness, design, aesthetic, colors. I use colors that most people would never use in their branding. But once I selected those colors, I use them consistently over and over again. You watch a YouTube video about podcasting by me, It's going to have the same colors every single time when you see that opening card. Same thing for if it's a post about blogging or ghostwriting. I generate, we design on color aesthetic. I work with my team, did a whole color palette process. So we do some things that are pretty edgy when it comes to color design, and it's all intentional. And I'll tell you a little bit about my design so you know. My design is something that most people under the age of 40 do not like. I've tried to hire multiple Western social media girls to work for my team. Four different times, I've had a conversation with a woman in her 20s who has a degree in social media, experience in social media. And she talks about how much she doesn't like the design. They want me to do a whole redesign. They go, Millennials won't like this. And they don't get it. Millennials are not my customers. Millennials don't listen to this podcast. I don't speak to Millennials. I'm marching into my 40s. I have a different specific audience. And it's okay that some people don't like you. I know that some people don't like me. Now, it doesn't work when it's someone on my team and they don't get it. So each of those people, they spent so long trying to change the aesthetic that I had to let each of them go because they didn't understand. It's not about what I like, it's about what my audience likes. And my audience, what I see is a response to an aesthetic that reminds them of their youth, whether they liked Calvin and Hobbes as a kid or to Tracy Comics or something in between. It reminds them of reading the funny pages or how much they like comic books in the 60s and 70s and 80s. It's designed to remind you of that feeling more than anything else. It's designed to give you a feeling of comfort, a feeling of safety and a feeling of familiarity. And far too many people are focused on what's really cool on social media, what's really cool with everyone. I'm not trying to be everything to everyone. My website design is number one, something that I like. Now, that's not always the right answer, right? Because sometimes we like something so much, it's killing our numbers. But what I look for is how does my audience respond? And I'm constantly looking at that and I'm constantly sending out surveys and polling you guys and trying to interact with you guys and find out how you feel about stuff. And so there's an intention. It's okay. Even if you're doing something wrong, if you do a website design that's not right, that people push away from, but they can really recognize who you are, you've accomplished something and that's okay because you can reinvent, you can redo it, you can improve. What I want you to see is that this is the process of continual improvement. When I was in high school, my first martial art I ever studied was called Chung Sil Taekwondo. It means constant and never-ending improvement. It's a Korean phrase, probably mispronounced it because it's been 20 years since I've said it. Chung Sil Kwan Taekwondo or Chung Sil Taekwondo. And the idea is you're always trying to get better. And that's how my website is. My website iteration, the 2020 version, is building on everything I've learned over the past few years. And even now, after working on it for six months, I'm still thinking about, oh, there's a bunch of stuff I want to do as a new iteration. There are things I can do now with a larger team of eight people that I couldn't do six months ago when I started. And that's why we're constantly improving. So you'll have more budget, more time, more resources available to continually improve your website. What this means is that we're constantly innovating. Now this doesn't mean you're reinventing the wheel. I don't recommend starting completely from scratch. Find a template that has the pieces you want and then fill it in. That's exactly what I did. I started off with a template, that was my first version. Then the second version, a designer took that and removed half the stuff from the homepage and shortened it and cleaned it and we've done that again. We're constantly shortening our pages to clean up our messaging and add in consistency and send people into the right process to make it easier to navigate. I know how to do a lot of stuff online because I've been doing this for a decade. But if I put a list of everything I do online on the homepage, it's overwhelming. I used to list 30 things that I can teach you how to do. Too much. Might be true. The last thing you want on your website to say is Jonathan Green, Jack of all trades, King of none. And that was the message it was spending. So absolutely, when you choose one of these templates, one of the WordPress themes that I recommend, find a template or find a website you want to model. You can choose my homepage. That's fine. Or you could choose someone who's more in your space who you really like the design and go, okay, I want to look like this. These are the sections they have. And here's how I'm gonna make my sections look really good. That's how you can start. So rather than reinventing wheel, rather than starting from scratch, rather than going, I'm gonna rebuild, you can build a website model on someone else. And for features you want, you can find the theme that has or the plugins that I'm using and replicate those exact things. It's much easier to do that than to just go out and guess and do it on your own. And finally, I want you to keep in mind the 80-20 rule. 80-20 rule. The Pareto Principle says that 80% of your revenue will come from 20% of your work. And Sometimes I merge this in my head with the law of diminishing returns. Like at a certain point, you're spending too much time improving your website, improving your website, improving your website. So I redo my website every year. I I was doing it every year for a while when it took a month. Now that takes so long, I do it every two years. Maybe it'll move to every three or every four years. So I do it when it starts to push down and it starts to become so slow it's a problem. And I learn and improve and I realize I need to keep my two domains separate. I need to pull out this technology that's slowing me down i need to really do some massive changes so that i'm future-proofing myself i'm always thinking about the next design iteration even now i'm so excited that i can finally use my favorite pop-up and list building tool convert pro i love it it works so well i've been so stressed out that thrive teams blocked it okay it was a really bad experience for me it's costed me probably thousands of followers okay it's cost me Thousands of dollars to change the website and thousands more in lost opportunity because a piece of tech stopped working that it over relied on so the more I can rip that out of my website and I remove it forever the sooner every last vestige of code from five themes has gone from my website, the sooner I'll be happy because I'm tired of stuff not working I'm tired of not making money not growing my audience because of one bad technical decision and I'm learning now how to make it easier so that when I do want to do changes again in the future it won't be as hard it's a process. And even crazier now, I have a full-time developer who's amazing. He can do really advanced stuff. He's like, we don't even need a theme. I can build it all from scratch. I'm like, okay, that's a little bit of what? I didn't even know that was possible. So now things are possible for me now that weren't possible at the beginning of this process. So each time you reiterate, you just say, is it the right time? Is it worth me rebuilding the website? And it always goes back to this. How are your conversion numbers? How many people are visiting your website? Improving your speed, improving your security. Those will increase how many visitors you get to your website. Doing better SEO. Having longer blog posts and having backlinks to your website brings you more traffic. And then the question is, of those people coming in, are they giving you their email address? Are they staying long enough to read a post? Are they reading multiple posts? Or are they leaving as fast as they can? That's where you can find your areas to improve. And so I absolutely recommend you take a cold, hard look at your website and say, is this something that's worth me investing in right now? And you might be in that middle space where you go, you know what? It's not perfect, but it's good enough for now. My website was like that for two years. And then I realized I got to do a big change. When I said I'm going to do all these other changes, I decided to do a massive redesign as far as the look as well. So it's all part of that process. So I'm really excited to see your designs in the comments below, whether you're on YouTube, watching the YouTube video, please post a link to your website and I'll check them out. And maybe I'll do a video where I give you some feedback on your websites or you can post links in the comments below on the blog post on servermaster.com uh, below this episode. Either way, thank you guys so much for listening and I can't wait to see you turn your websites Into something that is awesome.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday.
0: Ready to turn your readers into addicted fanatics? Learn how with my free training, The Trap System, at servdomaster.com front slash trap.